Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I'm praying today that God will speak to our hearts in a very personal and powerful way. And here's the good news. God knows exactly what I need, and God knows exactly what you need, and God can meet my need and yours. And wherever you are, God knows all about it. Whatever you're going through, he's well aware. Uh, wherever you are in life, that crossroads, that question, that decision point, whatever it might be, I'm glad God uh, is not out um, uh, on the outside uh, looking in, but God understands every little minute detail and he's in control of it all. And we can trust Jesus every day and every hour. We can trust him. He's never failed and he won't start with me and he's not going to start with you either. I hope you've been having a great day. Read your Bible, praying and witnessing to folks. And uh, let me encourage you, do those things all the time, just every single day. Make it a point to spend some time in your Bible, on your knees, and out on the streets witnessing for Jesus Christ. We're studying in the book of Acts. <clears throat> if you've missed any of these Bible studies, they're all available on the podcast, and our podcast can be found wherever you find your other podcast. Just go and type in Striving for Revival and hit subscribe, and then you'll have access to all of the Bible studies that we've done, and that might help you in case you miss a broadcast live on the radio. You can always catch it via the podcast, and it's free for you. It's all put there just to be a tool and to be a help and to be a benefit as we study along in our Bibles together. Now, we're in the book of Acts, and we started Acts chapter 3, the last study, the last broadcast, and today we'll be continuing, but we'll be in the same story. The first 11 verses, there's so much preaching in there and so much that we can apply and pull out that I don't want to leave it just yet. And uh, so I'm going to look there again today and pray that God will speak to our hearts. Now, the book of Acts, of course, we've mentioned this in the in the opening studies, was penned by Luke under the inspiration of God. Luke was an eyewitness to much of what he records, and Luke was an, a companion of the Apostle Paul through most of uh, his ministry, and he writes for, as one who has been there and seen it first hand how God worked. Luke's also the same man authored the gospel, according to Luke, and so that's who he is. The book of Acts is historical. It gives us actual events and an account of what took place in the earliest days of the local church in Jerusalem and then the churches that were birthed out of that church. Also, it's a transitional book as we move from Old Testament into New Testament and the nation of Israel into the spiritual body of the church, and some things take place there. You read about it and say, well, that's that's strange. That's a peculiar. I didn't expect to see that. And uh, you read those things and wonder, uh, and, but can I say we understand now we have a Bible, a completed Bible. So those things that were in action then, a lot of those have been done away with. We don't need those now. We have a, a Bible. The Jews seek after a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. An evil and adulterous generation seek it after a sign. We have our faith in the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That which is perfect is come. And thank God we can depend upon our Bible. Now, in Acts chapter number three, it begins with such an account 
An amazing thing, a miraculous thing takes place. A lame man is healed. Peter and John are walking toward the temple. The Bible tells us exactly when they're going to the temple, about that ninth hour of the day, so that would be three in the afternoon. They're walking past a gate that is called the beautiful gate. It's called the beautiful gate because it is, in fact, beautiful. It's very ornate. It's got brass covering it. The light would shine forth from it. A very attractive, large, towering gate. At the base of this gate, <clears throat> there is laid a lame man. This man has always been in that condition. He's never known a moment. He's never had a day where he was not lame. He was born that way. The Bible said he was lame even from his mother's womb. I don't know what all that entailed, but I know his life must have been hard. His life must have been miserable. His life must have been uh, toilsome. This man who had no power on his own to make his decisions or move any direction, this man is totally uh, helpless and lame. He's carried by some unknown people, it says, to that gate, and they lay him there at the gate. Thank God for those folks who put him in a place he might receive some kind of help. And he was laid at that gate for the purpose of asking for mercy or alms. He's looking for money. This man doesn't know any better. He understands his condition. He probably thinks in his heart, there's no hope of me actually being healed, so I'm just going to see what I can get to help get me through the day. He's looking to take the edge off. He's just trying to buy some time, just trying to make it a little bit better day by day. As Peter and John walk by, he cries out to them like he probably cried out to all the others who passed by and asked them for an alms. Peter looked at him and John as well, and they said, silver and gold, have I none? They say, we don't have any kind of change for your purse. There's no change for your bucket, no change for your offering plate. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I don't know how many times the sound of change rang out from that man's plate. And as it rang out, it cried out hopeless and uh, no mercy and uh, empty because what was given could not change his life. But on this day, when Peter cried out in the name of Christ, he said, if you have faith in that name, he'll change you forever. Can I say there was hope and there was mercy and there was fullness there? And that man reached out by faith, grabbed Peter's hand. And when he stood up, the Bible said he stood up on his feet. His ankle bones were strong. His feet were strong. I mean, like he'd never been lame before. And I like the result. Now, here's what happens. I tell you why it's worth it to be a soul winner. Because of the joy it brings not just to your heart, but there is joy in the heart of the soul winner for sure. And there's joy in heaven. The Bible talks about joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. But what about this? There's also joy in that one who got saved. You see what happened to this man? He used to be lame, and now he's a leaper. He leaping up stood. Think about that. He leaped up. He bounded up. Such vitality now, strength in those legs. He stood up. He walked. And I like this, he entered into the temple. Think about it. There were two men going to the temple, but because they took time for this broken man, now there's three going into the temple. Can I say that's exactly how soul winning works? You don't have to go to church alone. I like that old song, the only thing better than going to heaven is taking somebody else with you. And I tell you something, if you and I would just take time for people, we could see our churches filled and we could see rejoicing in these broken homes and we could see these broken lives put back together and people praising God, leaping, walking into the house of God with joy down in their soul. But it all starts with a soul winner who doesn't mind to take time to minister to those in need. And Peter and John, Peter and John are so different think about it. Peter is very bombastic. John's very quiet. Peter's very uh, zealous, and John's a little bit reserved. Peter's the spokesman, and John's content to be quiet. Peter's a fighter, and John is a lover. These men decided, you know what, we'll just get along together. Our personalities are different, but we're on the same team, and they pulled in the same direction. 
And because they were willing to, to not get hung up on personality differences, they were able to be a blessing in the life of this man, and he was forever changed because of it. Hey, can I say that's the way God does it in church? We're not all the same. There's a lot of Peters and a lot of Johns and everything in between. But I tell you what we do. We pull together because we're all on the same team, going the same direction for the same purpose, and that is to glorify our God and see sinners get saved. And these men, as they walked to the temple, when they saw that lame man, I'm glad they didn't have any kind of conflict between themselves. I'm glad that they weren't wrapped up in their day. I'm glad they weren't caught up in their schedule. I'm glad they weren't fighting between each other on who should be the leader. They were just <clears throat> looking to help somebody, and they did. And then it said, verse number nine, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they knew it was he which set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They knew that was that man. They knew that was that fellow. They said, that's that broken man. That's that crippled man. That's that lame man. That's that helpless man. That's that destitute man, that man that has no power in and of himself. That is who that is. It's that man. They knew who he was. That's how it is when you go to church. That's that ex-drunk. That's that old harlot. That's that dope dealer. That's that liar and that cusser and whatever he is over there. What in the world? And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. You can argue with my delivery, and you can argue with the preacher's outline, and you might argue with some of the things he says that's maybe not uh, strictly Bible verses. You might do that. You can argue with a lot of things. You can argue with standards, whatever you want, preferences. You can do that. But you cannot argue with a changed life. A changed life speaks louder than your criticism. And when this world sees a life that has been absolutely revolutionized, regenerated, a new creature because of Christ, can I say it'll convince the gainsayer. It'll convict the one who's a skeptic. It'll challenge the one who's the unbeliever. And I tell you, it'll lead to the conversion of a lot of folks who are not yet converted. The Bible says in verse 11, as a lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John in that a great picture. He's standing there with them, just holding them, saying, these are my buddies, man. They changed my life. Isn't that a blessing when new converts? I tell you, we have new converts in our church, and they're the best. I'd rather pastor a church full of new converts than anything in this world. There's nothing like it. It said, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. This great moment all started because these two men took time for somebody broken, and Jesus changed his life. You and I can do that. God help us too. That's all of our time for today. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.